What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Jay Halim, and we are back for another amazing episode of Star of Talk. Yes, I said amazing because I'm here and I always have somebody amazing to join me. So I can confidently say that it's going to be an amazing show. I'm excited about this one. You know, when you admire somebody from a distance, you know, you get a chance to see somebody's work. You always hear, you know, um, amazing things. And in this entrepreneurial world that we live in, so they say everybody's a hater now. Everybody's a hater. So I think that we is a, is a great time to um, bring people around who cel or celebrators, who celebrate each other in that space, who are on um, value in that space, because some people don't really understand what it means to be an entrepreneur and not even trying to you know dig at nobody negatively, but just it's a lot. It's a huge undertaking um, and we make it seem like it's just so easy and it's just something that everybody should do. And when somebody not only become an entrepreneur, but has been an entrepreneur for 40 years, you actually have to celebrate them. It should be a party. It should be a parade up and down the streets. It should be everything for that man and woman who took on this task, this hard task back in 40 years ago, you was called a crazy person to be an entrepreneur. So to take on all of that and to still be able to be standing and not just standing barely, standing with her head held high, I want everybody to, you know, really put your hands together for my special guest today, Ms. Angela Carr Patterson. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me here. I'm I'm honored. I'm honored to have you. I was so excited for you when I saw um literally once I saw your post on, on Facebook, like the next day I, I actually deleted my app. I'm still on it, but I needed to break. <laughs> uh -huh. But I was just so, so excited because I'm like, that's an entrepreneur. Wow. Nobody haven't been through that in, in you know 40 years and hadn't been through some things. Mm -hmm. You can't teach somebody something. But more importantly, this is a strong individual. So again, salute to you and congratulations you. on that milestone. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It creeped up on me. I didn't know. I realized it because I said, well, 40 years, I never celebrated my milestones. I never did 10, 20, 30. I said, well, 40, let me do something. Let me at least mention it. And so we, I didn't realize it creeped up. It happened so fast, but it's been a journey, definitely a journey. So I think people are going to say, well, she's only like 45. So how does she pull that off? Did she start doing business that she's a child entrepreneur, a child prodigy? No, I'm a grown woman. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, I'm a grown woman. And so I'm in the 60 and over club. So, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, again, you don't look like what you obviously had to go through to be a successful entrepreneur. And um, let's just start there. I mean, um, we talked briefly off camera, but... Where was where did that pull come from for you to decide to be an entrepreneur? Well, I think you know, um, as a young girl, I was um, my mom had me and everything. I'm an only girl, the youngest out of three boys, boys ten, twelve, and thirteen years older than me. So I'm the baby, and my mom had me and everything, modeling, dance, you know, everything. So I was started out teaching little pageantry classes on the, my mom's patio. Um, getting girls ready for pageants. And I was only like 13 years old at the time. And so um, I knew that I had the bug, even as an elementary school um, kid, when we would check out books, kids were checking out fiction books. I was checking out how-to books, how to <laughs> think, how to that. Because my mom owned a hair salon. So I grew up in the hair salon and, and I had to sweep the floors, you know, 
pick up the towels. And so I've always known about business because mama had a system. She had systems and strategies on how she ran her company. And so it was just natural to, to segue into owning my own business. I had tried working. I was in the banking industry and that I'm just allergic to bosses. I'll just tell you that. <laughs> You know, I, I you had to be somewhere at a certain time and you had to ask permission to be off and and all of that stuff. And I remember having my first child and he was sick. And my boss said that I either had to choose my job or that. And that was a no brainer. That didn't do it. <laughs> that, that did it. So I quit the job and, you know, and we had fast forward. We had three children in my first marriage and and it was just easier for me to to stay home and make money. So my first business was being a Tupperware lady, lady and uh, sell Avon. Oh. And so all I did was take the books down to my mom's hair salon because there was a, 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 a um clientele there. Yeah, definitely. So, so we and it was easy to sell. So I made money doing that and um, building a business. And after that, I segue into a modeling agency and um. I my I didn't have a great marriage. So when he would go to work, I would have the classes while he was at work and my on Saturdays and my girlfriend would be the lookout girl in case he doubled back. And so we did that. And before he knew it, I had birthed a business, wow. uh, a thriving company. And um, and then we went from being a modeling agency and to becoming a full service model and talent agency performing arts center and uh, in the midst of that I got divorced after 15 years so here I was a single mom three children a building and and a home to pay for and I said I'm gonna do this Uh, I I can do this and um and we continued to to build and got a job with Ed McMahon with Star Search and that really blew the agency up because I was traveling all over the country hosting auditions and then one day in um 2000 I think it was around about 2006 2000, 2007 I walked into my performing arts center and I said I'm done I'm done um and I, four months later I launched my women empowerment business and that's what I've been doing ever since it's so amazing, you know, um, there's so many nuggets that's within that because mm-hmm. starting from, you know, the hard work portion, cause you're watching your mom and you're sweeping mm-hmm. and you're hearing a lot of chatter and, you know, beauty parlors are probably not the same as it was back in those days. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, you learned everything at the barbershop or the beauty salon back in those days, you all different types of people from all walks of life coming in there. Mm-hmm. And so you're seeing this woman work, you becoming a working woman yourself. And then we talk about the marriage portion because I just put my, my last, my most recent book out and I talk about that marriages. And I'm not saying it was because of entrepreneurship, but let's start with the marriage. How yeah. was that hard for you as an entrepreneur? Because people don't understand how like a, a business can break a marriage. Oh, definitely. And <laughs> especially being a woman because you know you're trying to handle it all and and of course for us our family is most important but if you don't have a system my mom has systems on Mondays we went in the hair salon and cleaned the shop because she wasn't open on Mondays we washed towels at night and had them we had to have them folded and in the basket and in the trunk of her car before we went to bed every night 
that was, you know, my mom did her banking on Mondays. My mom bought her supplies on Monday. She had a system. And so it didn't impact our lives because she had our business based on systems. So I learned how to have systems and structures in my company so that my family didn't take a hit with it. But um, but when you're married to someone that that wants to control everything and and want you to not grow, then yeah. that can become a problem. And you're trying to 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 do it all. And it just it just came to a head when there were a lot of other things that went on in the marriage that just wasn't, wasn't working for us. And after 15 years, we, you know, we end up calling it quits. Yeah. It's a, and it's a tough situation because there's a lot of people just, uh, and you growing up in the South mm -hmm. and, you know, um, we definitely have a spiritual aspect that comes in that and, and small community, where everybody knows everybody and it's like, oh, well, you're supposed to be with this person for the rest of your life and all the backlash comes mm -hmm. from that. But you made a strong decision. Yeah, you know? I had to because it was my health was being infected and um and my money because <laughs> I was going to him, you know, and and so at some point I had to choose me and it was tough because my children were close to their father and it was just really tough to make that decision. It was in church. I was a youth pastor and all of that stuff. So, mm -hmm. you know, as you stay, you, you don't, but I had to choose me. And in choosing me, I was choosing the children because I was able to give them the better version of who I could be. And my children would tell you now my mom blossomed. She became a new person because of that. And so I don't regret it. It's just, it was part of the journey that marriage had completed itself. And so for, I was a single mom for about eight years and then remarried. And so I've been married to this husband for 20 years, totally different because he understood the vision and he wanted to be um, a part of that vision and be a, he didn't mind toting the boxes of books. He didn't mind playing in the background he wasn't well are you gonna cook did you do this it, 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 he's just he's just right there so it was different when I had the support that I needed and yeah. um and and so I could thrive I could really fully develop as uh as a woman period as a woman first and I think sometimes we forget that as entrepreneurs that we lose ourselves this is what I do this is not who I am wow and so um you know, the global life and success strategist is who is what I do. She's yeah. a brand, but she's not Nana. She's not mama. She's not, she's not um, um, baby. She's, she is, she is that brand. I have a four-year-old granddaughter. She'll get over at the other desk and she'll get on the computer. She, and I said, what are you doing, Jamie? She said, I'm doing Angela Carr Patterson because she knows <laughs> Angela Carr Patterson is a brand. But then she, when she's ready to eat, she comes sit in my now. Now I'm hungry, so she knows the difference because yeah. it's what it's what I do. It's not who I am, and that's what um your business is a living, breathing thing, and it is an extension of you, but it's not you, and that's what you have to get clear about. I love it. I love it. When we were taught business years ago, we were taught location, location, location. You go to college, you go to business school. Your intro to business books talks about intro, you know, talk about location, 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 and supply and demand. Those are some of the first things you start learning. You mm -hmm. did a business that was very awkward for your location. How did you thrive? Let me tell you. Um, I worked outward in. Okay. So my base, 
I worked out of New York. I worked out of LA. I worked out of uh, Miami. I worked out of Charlotte. I worked out of Atlanta. Um, and what I did was I knew I had to make a name for myself. And so because of, you know, profit is without honor in his own land. And I say, you can't eat where you sleep. So, so what I did was I, I made connections outside of this state. And in order to do that, I had to go to those places and meet people. I built my business brick by brick, name by name on just getting to know people. I would go to the library and I don't know if y'all remember, you don't remember the microfish and all that stuff. And, and I would look up names and stuff. That was my internet. And I would find people's numbers and call them. And I remember calling this lady. She's the president of the World Modeling Association. And she said, I don't know how you got my number. She said, but you had to really work to find me. Because of that, I need to meet you. And so I was just persistent and just yeah. calling people and saying, you need to know me. You need yeah. to know me. We need to have a conversation. And uh, we didn't have, we was just glad to get the fax machine when it came out, man. <laughs> <laughs> the way people do business now, oh my God. If I had it like that, it was just, we we had to work and oh. did. You had to have a street team to put yes. your flyers out. You had to, you had to buy ads, expensive ads in the newspaper. Yes. You had to try to get on TV and promote your stuff to let people know. And so- but once I went outward and people start hearing about what I was doing in the city from home, now they want to talk with you yeah. because now you have credibility. You have credibility. Oh, she worked for Ed McMahon. Oh, she works with the Harlem School of the Arts. Oh, she did this with, with the Disney Channel. She did. And so after that, it was easy. It was yeah. easy. And um, and it it worked. Oh, no. It's, it's, it's just so funny because, again, I'm a transplant. I came from New Jersey, went to Benedict. Mm -hmm. And so here I am in the city. Uh, I left for a while. I went back up north. You know, and I came back in the city. I'm like, okay, I'm trying to do business. And I couldn't understand why it was so hard. You know, that's part of the reason why I left. Because I'm like. Because you were from New York. That's it, was why. A, it was a hard yeah. thing. Like, I mean, like, oh, I'm like, this is, why is this like pulling teeth? When you know what you're doing is proper. You know, people need your services, things of that nature. And it was just so hard. But then I started to meet people that were thriving. Mm -hmm. you know, no matter what, no matter where they were, even though they were there, they were thriving. The, the, the Carl Solomons of the world, he was definitely somebody who um, was instrumental in giving me some coaching and saying, hey, man, I do very well here um, mm -hmm. and telling me how to go about doing it. And then that actually opened up doors for me going into the law firms. Um, and then started blowing up my business as a photographer and then went to coaching and things like that. But what would you tell somebody that's growing up in the area right now, you know, that's worrying about the location where they are about their business and how to still thrive no matter where they are? Well, culture dictates everything. And, and this area has a culture. And when it comes to empowerment and women empowerment, when people, especially during the personal growth and personal development work that I do, I had to understand that when someone in the South, especially in, in this area, is ready to get their lives together, they go to church. Yeah. See, okay, I need to start going to church. They don't understand paying a coach. They didn't understand. And, they, and, and if you had a woman's conference, 
where the church is only charging $25 for their woman's conference. Whereas I'm charging back then $250 for my conference. Well, who they go into the church because the pastor sanctioned it and they're not going to come here. So what again, you have to work outward in. That's just yeah. that was my philosophy. I had yeah. to work outward in, get the credibility. And once you get the credibility, then all of a sudden the people here want to be a part yeah. of what you're doing. And so that was my strategy. My mom did the same things. Mom did the big Ronald Brothers show and would win all the big awards. And and all of a sudden she became an award-winning hairstylist and and she was a master colorist and people, she was known and she she niched. Her niche was coloring people hair. And you would go in the store and you say, oh, Miss Hamilton did your hair. So she understood that. And so I understood that I had to have a specialty. But the first thing I had to do, um, Jay, was understand that I had I was talented, very talented at what I did. But I had to be a better businesswoman yeah. because talent, talent alone will get you broke. Wow. And I was and I was chasing that dollar and I needed that dollar to chase me. And in order to do that, I had to up level my skill sets and understand how to build a company and how to build it with structure and systems that it could run if I did wasn't there. And that's how I began to build my company. Wow. And once that's I learned wonderful. that, once I became a better businesswoman that's when the money began to um to come and it could stay you know i had yeah. to could make money but i couldn't keep it and i thought that was a personal failure on my part and i realized that i did have some blocks around money i had a mentor tell me she said you don't have a prosperity issue you have a wealth issue and i was like she don't know what she's talking about and then she <laughs> gave me a book and this books was how to be happy although rich which is an oxymoron and it was a friend of hers and he's a, he's he's dead now and is a, a billionaire and he broke that thing down on the difference between wealth and the wealth mindset and and how the church had set it up to keep me broke and oh, with the belief system that it was teaching me. And he's and in the book, he said, you have been called to the service of wealth. And wow. I was like, wow. And he, and it's, it's just, if you can find it on Amazon, it's how to be rich though, though, how to be happy though, rich. And that went through that book. And that's when I started dealing with my issues and around money. And um, because I could reach a certain point, but then drop back down, reach a certain point but drop back down and I could never get past that point. And when I was able to break through those barriers, beliefs and blocks that I had around money, then I really began to, to see it come in. That's amazing. Um, what, this, that just brings up a question. What is your relationship with the church now? Um, I'm a member. I'm not a youth pastor anymore. Um, I think you, you need to be younger to be a youth pastor, mm -hmm. but I, I'm a member of my church. I changed churches, of course, and mm -hmm. and the the church that I'm at is a little bit more liberal. They're not um, dogmatic or legalistic. Yeah. And I was in a legalistic type of church, and I and I knew that they were taking the word and um, keeping me in bondage. So for one year, I dedicated about six hours a day in studying the Bible yeah. for a year. And and other sacred texts, 
in order to find the my truth and yeah. and and um and it was you know I took off for a year and did that did that and and it really freed me and liberated me yeah that's that's amazing because you know we we parallel in that space um I was telling people before in, in my first book you know I was in the church and mm-hmm. um I mean coming out of Benedict I I I jumped into business of course I was already in business and um I was in the mix doing things I didn't have any business doing but that was how I survived at the time um mm-hmm. I was facing time in prison um mm-hmm. as soon as I got to school as soon as I got to South Carolina so I spent my whole college time for the most part three out of the four years um facing the case and mm-hmm. so the type of case that I couldn't working nine to five to pay the lawyer or nothing like that. But once I was done and then I had this young lady who I wanted to marry and I knew that she was, you know, not from that type of lifestyle. So I said, if she comes back, cause she graduated a year ahead of me. Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, she comes back to South Carolina. I'm going to give up everything. And I did. Mm-hmm. And she was in church. And so I went and got saved and everything like that. Well, my life turned into hell, <laughs> you know, not immediately, Mm-hmm. But I had a 12-year run of like hell. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until 2014 when I started reading the Bible for myself. And I, I went going to a TD Jakes conference. And it just that's when he put out his book Instinct, because that's when he was promoting it at that one in Florida. And it changed my life. And the more I read for myself, the more I became disgusted with my church mm-hmm. and the churches that I had been in the past, because it was just one of those things like. This is not, I understand. I, I can comprehend what I'm reading. And mm-hmm. you're not talking about. You're not telling the truth about Yeah, it. this is not this. And mm-hmm. um, when I finally left the church in 2017, mm-hmm. um, my life changed. Mm-hmm. You know, that was my first year doing six figures as a photographer in South Carolina. Wow. wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, like in that that a lot of people they talking on social media, but like you know, I actually I just with my camera at you know at six figures, and then just kept growing, and it didn't diminish my love for God. Right. It was just probably enhanced it. Probably enhanced it. It, it definitely did, and God gets all the glory for everything I do. It was mm-hmm. just understanding, like how to not mix that business or that 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 gift that you have with these people that say that they representing God, but they're bad representations of what God wants for you in your life. So it's just amazing that you brought that up, man. So what, what do you tell the young, the young people? Cause you know, and you are in the South and you right. You said something amazing. You said that people go to the church for their personal development. I never thought about that, but that's, yeah. that's definitely true. But what do you say to that? I mean, you don't want to discourage them, but what do you say to other individuals, especially entrepreneurs that's in that space? Well, I say everything that you want right now that you don't have, it lies outside of the realm of what you already know, Mm. because if you already knew it, you would already have it. Okay. And so therefore you can't be the student and the teacher in your own life, you know? And so you can go to the church. There are certain things that your pastor can give you, but there are certain things that a skilled person that's trained in this area can give you your pastor can't be your everything because he's he or she is not not skilled in everything okay so you need i'm not gonna have an electrician come and try to fix my plumbing (laughs) so so you you know it's just common sense because you saved don't mean you lost all your common sense 
And so, and, and this is where we have to make sure that we are not being legalistic and that the pastor hadn't set it up so that he can control, such as tithing. The tithing is given 10% of a, a tenth of what you've earned to those people, places, or institution that fed you spiritually that Ooh-wee. week. Okay. So why am I going to plant all my seed in one hole? Okay. So I may read your someone's book. I've read books and said, oh my God, this fed me and wrote a check to the author, a part mm-hmm. of my tithing there and a part to the church and a part to my mom that ministered to me that week. So, and when I start understanding how to operate, see our lives work to the extent that we align them with the universal spiritual and natural laws. Ooh, hey, your life is intended to work. If you align them with through laws, it's rigged that way. And so when I align my life with those laws, they work. And when I don't, they don't. That doesn't make me save or unsaved, good or bad. Gravity is going to work. If I jump on that building, on top of a building, and I say, I'm, I can fly. I don't care how much I believe I can fly. If I don't have a parachute, I'm going to fall and break my neck and die. Now, yep. that doesn't make me good that make me bad. It just might make me unwise, but I defied, I tried to defy a law and I suffered the consequences for it. But when I align myself with the law, guess what? I reap the benefits. Life is simple that way. Align yourself with the universal laws and it will work, but you cannot try to defy these laws. Wow. That's amazing. And it's so funny because once I started reading more, not just the Bible, but once I started reading the Bible, then I started reading uh, other books and I'm, I can't get enough of reading books, <laughs> you know, that's other sacred texts and stuff. And yeah. It's what amazing. Opened me, what opened me up was I had a friend from Iran and she said to me, she said, um, do you think that she said where I came from, she said, there are people that never heard the name Jesus, never even heard wow. it. She said, I've got ancestors that have died that never even heard that name. So are you saying to me that because they didn't know him, that they're going to die and go to hell? And when she said that, she was so sincere. And I said, there's room at the table for more. Yes. And so, but if I live in this bubble, then I'm not open and inclusive. And then I become exclusive. Then that makes me a cult. Yep. And so (laughs) that's when it really, and then traveling and going to other countries and meeting people with what I do, because we're in seven different countries with my business. So meeting people from all walks of life, I understood that I chose a path. And they chose a path. It's going to get us to the same place. We just chose a different route to go. Yeah. And, and so whatever path that I've chosen, I'm I'm committed to that path. But that doesn't make you wrong because you're not on the same path as, as I am. We're trying to get to the same place. And that's love. Yeah. Okay. We all came into this world with sealed documents, sealed assignments. And our job here is to unwrap those those documents and find out what's our purpose. He said, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. So if that meant I had a life before I had a body, 
Mm. That, that, that if, I, if God knew me before he formed me in my mother's womb, then who was I? A piece of him, a divine piece of him. And so he sent me, the only way to get in the earth is through an earth suit, a body. So I came into the earth with sealed assignments to do what I'm here to do and then to return back to, to him. And so in the process, I get to remember who I am in this earth. And then understand why am I here? What am I here to do? And get busy doing that. You know, that's amazing because, um, you know, being an entrepreneur, a successful entrepreneur, you really need that type of thought process because there's a lot of people who see, like you said, the common sense of it. They see that they're in a bad space. They see that their business is not working. They see, but they're just stuck. They're stuck in whatever you know, ideology that, that was pushed on them about what entrepreneurship is supposed to look like, but their business is failing, their marriage is failing. And all I hear you saying is you making choices and decisions off of what you see. Like you're saying, hey, my marriage just wasn't working out. It's just, and I made a decision. I could have easily stuck to that. Or this portion of the business wasn't good. Or I live in this place that definitely wasn't going to support me like we've seen thousands of businesses in our time in the same place, not wanting to do what you did, mm-hmm. but they probably wouldn't pay you, however your you know, whatever your your rate is, mm-hmm. to get the knowledge for you to for them to be able to unlock the key to be to do exactly the same thing you do. Well, how how what do you say to those people who are just stuck in that space and that mindset? Because oftentimes they don't even know they're stuck. They don't oh, even wow. know. Stuck because you you can't see your blind spots, you know you can't. Uh, they're stuck in a pattern. How do you know you're dealing with a person that's operating in a pattern? A pattern is how we see ourselves, how we see the world, and how we see other people. And patterns come as a result of some type of pain, some type of hurt, betrayal, trauma, or whatever. It it can be um repeated patterns, repeated pain that piled up high and woven like an onion, so tightly woven, or it could be something that was a smash, a traumatic thing that happened, where the hurt created the pattern. The hurt, the pain created the pattern, and the pattern are the the way we behave and think and, and what we say. So how do we do that? We have to have someone to be able to call us on our stuff. You see, do you have people in your life can call you on your stuff? And if they can't, if you have everybody around there that's yes, 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 and can't call you on your stuff, then you're not, you won't progress because you can't see your blind spots and a pattern is a blind spot. It's the person and the pattern. We can change the pattern. The person is already basically good. The pattern is causing the behavior. And so when we understand that this is no longer working, you keep sitting on that nail and, and screaming, eventually you don't get off that nail. And so you need someone to come by and say, hey, that ain't working. Are you open? And as an entrepreneur, you must always be open and teachable and coachable. And because my way may not be the only way, my way may not even be the best way. It's just another way. So make another choice. Make a different choice. Become the choice maker in your life. And that's what I had to do. When me and my husband split, ex-husband split up, I had people that, women that said that their husband said they couldn't even hang with me anymore. 
because mm-hmm. I was, you know, because I was single or because he had told them one version of a story. Um, and so there were churches that said that because I was divorced, I couldn't speak at their churches, you know, and so isolation and, and all of that, the, the, the betrayal and, and the hurt, but you, I had to be the choice maker in my life. We live our lives based on everybody else's idea of what it's supposed to look like. Yeah. And how do we get there? We get there through domestication. And here's a story I'll tell you. So sitting at the table, my grandmama say, you're going to eat that, that okra. I ain't eating that okra. She say, you're going to eat that okra. Okay. If you, if you, you don't eat the okra, there are kids in Africa that don't have anything to eat. So now she used shame. Okay. And, uh, but they, that didn't work. She said, then the next thing, if you eat that okra, I give you some ice cream. So now she's using your reward. And then she says, if you don't eat that okra, I'm going to tell you behind up. So now she uses fear. Because she didn't think, well-meaning people, she didn't give me the ability to make a choice for myself to say, well, she may be full or this just doesn't do her throat well. She was meaning, but she was domesticating me. You domesticate an animal, not a human being. And so what I learned at that moment was that my ideas, my voice, my wants, are not important in order to not be shamed, beaten, and to get a reward, then I got to do what everybody else says is right for me. And then, so we grow up with that belief. And then when we become an adult, we still tap dance and live our lives and make choices based on what have we've been told instead of realizing that worked for me when I was a child. Now I'm an adult. And I put away childish things. And now I make choices based and learn to trust myself. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the thing. We don't know how to trust ourselves. Yeah. We've been taught you can't trust yourself. I love it. I love it. And, you know, it's funny, as a coach, you know, and it's one of the hardest professions, I say. I think mm-hmm. that what we do as coaches is great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That when we're able to do it, we're in bliss. But convincing, I'm past, I'm getting past the convincing phase. And I know you've mm-hmm. probably been there before, but I'm past the convincing people for to give them something that they know that they need. Mm-hmm. You know, how did you get past that point in your coaching profession? Well, number one, I up my prices. Number one, I up my prices. So you're going to show up to the session because you're paying too much for it not to show up. Number two, I'm not going to fight you to help you. I will watch you sink. I will, I will give you what you need, but if you decide to make the choose and not trust, then you get to, then you get to reap the consequences and I get, and and I watch it. And I said, well, you ready to, now you're ready to make a different choice. And most of the time it's like, Angela, I should have listened or I should. So you let them, you let them feel it. Pain is an attention getter. It will get your attention, especially if you paying me a lot of money. Now you can pay me a lot of money and say, well, Angela doing is not working. And that's okay. Cause truth doesn't have to be defended. I still got my money. I want you to win and I'm here to win with you, but I'm not going to fight you to help you. 
Yeah. I would send you, I would put a ladder down that hole for you and you can climb up, but I'm not getting down in that hole with you. Oh, I love that one. I love that one. It's, it's, I, I, I just was asked um a question about coaching and it, I think the question was, um, do I feel like it's, um, what is it? Overrated, not overrated. Well, it's not given, it's not important enough to people. Um, and I said, yes, because especially in our community, I found that stepping out of our community, I've started getting a lot more business mm -hmm. and less haggle, but it's just like, you know, you don't want the help, you know, you, we want it, you want it for free, of course, mm -hmm. or you want to tell the person that's supposed to be helping you, you know, how to help you mm -hmm. when they went through what they went through. I mean, again, you 40 years in business, me or 20 years in business, like we've done what you're trying to do. So mm -hmm. I'm trying to help you. And it's just the hardest thing trying to help our people. I'm sorry to say, but it's the truth. It's just, it's been, it's been very, very tough. Um, at what point, cause I don't, I don't know exactly. Um, but how did you find out your niche and where you were going to thrive the best and from a coaching perspective? When I first started, um, the coaching, the women empowerment, um, coaching, cause you know, I left the entertainment and went into this. And now I'm back with entertainment and this marrying it together. Mm. But before um, I went into the women empowerment, I started with a niche of fatherless daughters because mm. I knew that if I could narrow my niche, that it would get more attention. And so I wrote a book. I'm not that woman, a fatherless daughter's journey to being. Before I wrote the book, I've been teaching on fatherlessness among females. And, um, and at that time, it wasn't a lot out there. But what happened was people had never really heard the term and they didn't understand what that was. I was a, my mother and father separated while she was pregnant with me and later divorced. They never reconciled. And so um, I grew up without a father until my, she married my stepfather and he was in the military. So he was gone most of the time. So I really never grew up in a home watching that dynamic. And so I didn't understand that that fatherlessness was creating some patterns in my own life and was hindering me. So once I found that out, especially after my divorce, I found out I was able to retrace a lot of my pain and struggles back to my fatherlessness. And so that in itself got a lot of attention because not, nobody was out there teaching it. And I was having to create a lot of the content myself yeah. as well. And so, um, Oprah did an expose in 2012. I think she and Iyama called, called Daddyless Daughter. Mm. And it was two part on her, on her network. My website crashed because people were Googling it. And I even had people that was on the show contacting me. And that's when I realized, ooh, I'm on to something. And so I beat that drum for years, the whole fatherlessness and and I was talking about the love lifestyle, you know, living love as a lifestyle. And so after that, um, I kind of started quieting it back down and started moving into, because you got to build deep so you can get solid. And then I started going wide. And that's how we started the Father's Daughters Network. And um, and we're in seven different countries. And we I took a program, a curriculum that I developed, a six-module eight module curriculum. And this is the only one in the world 
on the planet that targets specifically fatherless daughter that's that comprehensive like that and then I was traveling so much doing it and then I started doing the trainer trainer certifying advocates all over the country and then all over the world and that's how we started getting out there so I started with a narrow niche yeah and then once I once I became credible and a trusted authority in that then I could start going wide with other stuff so but I did narrow my niche at first yeah, that makes perfect sense. I did when well, I started working with people with the government, and that mm-hmm. made sense for me. Um, because mm-hmm. I was trying just to focus on regular people, business, and as you know, that's wide as it can be. You, just you say, will go <laughs> broke doing that. <laughs> go broke this individual, yeah. Yeah. So even when I perform in Arts Center, I had contracts with my with Big Brothers, Big Sisters, Boys and Girls Club, and you know, I had individual paying, but I also had contracts because you can, because people will call you and say, well, I can't pay this month because I got to have my child's birthday party. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, no, trust me. I, I went through that mm-hmm. situation, but mm-hmm. I realized how I started making my money, you know, with my photography was, of course, I went through the gov- um, the, the law firms, which led me to Mayor Benjamin. Mm-hmm. And then from Mayor Benjamin led me to the, the city and then started working with the, um, with the um, I got all the certifications and everything like that. And so now I know this stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I started seeing where I can help them, mm-hmm. you know, because they couldn't meet some, at first they wasn't meeting their diversity um, quotas, the supply mm-hmm. diversity quotas. And I had, you know, skills of putting people in the room. So I started, you know, creating my, I created, I won't start workshop and I would partner with them and they would take my people and fill up their classes. Wow. Wow. You know, so their fast track class, their, um, next level class will be filled up by everybody that came through my workshops. Mm-hmm. And so we started doing that with other um, individuals in the state. You know, I was working with the state, city of Charleston, things of that nature. So that's what made me get down to the government contracting space and helping people with that, navigating that space. But I mm-hmm. totally agree with that. I, I, I would have been messed up if I just was just trying to work with regular business owners Seriously. because they don't take it seriously. But when you need to get that certification, or mm-hmm. you trying to get navigate getting that um government contract? Oh, you mm-hmm. sit down and listen. Oh yeah, oh, <laughs> you yeah. sit down and listen. And then also, it was something that you can see a result immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. okay, well, I was working with him through this process, in a couple months, I got this, or we worked, right. with this, and it was something I can give a result to somebody. So, um, I, I just love this type of conversation because it's so far and in between mm-hmm. for our people because we keep what we're doing to ourselves, the people yeah. who went in or the, and the people who coming in, mm-hmm. you know, as if, as if you can supply <laughs> everything, you know, <laughs> I, I I'm just like, I don't understand it because number one, as an entrepreneur, I got more ideas than you got days. Got that right. So I, I give away more ideas than I keep because I can't, I can't do them all. So it's crazy to think that I can, corner uh, dominate a market and do all the business in that market that does not serve our community as a whole at all want to we want the community to grow and in order to do that then that's what we have to do like at my age now i'm not out there trying to compete with these 40 year olds and 30 year olds why because you know, I'm a Nana. I got six grandkids that I just adore, you know, and I've got a husband that I loves to travel. And, and so plus my 
time now is spent pouring into you, you younger entrepreneurs, because you are leaders now. And I need you, Jay, to be able to lead my grandson. Yeah. Let me pour yeah. into you so, so Tyler can say, oh, I know him. You know, yeah. he can teach me something. So instead of me out there trying to be competing with, with them, that's is we got to ready the next generation. Oh my God, you you preach the sermon right there. Cause I put that in my book. I'm like, we always outdate ourselves. And it's even in the workplace, um, not just in uh, in business, in the workplace. It's always that sister or that brother that was in a position in their 20s that they shouldn't be in their 40s mm-hmm. because you didn't leave room for the other person. You mm-hmm. know, person. you got to leave room for other people. So that administrative assistant, which was fine in your 20s, it's not fine wherever you started. But if you started five years from now, you should want growth. Now, the blessing is in business. You can't be in the same place five years from now. <laughs> you have to keep growing. You got to keep growing. But, yeah. You know, even in the workplace, like I'm saying, sister, brother, like you got to move out the way and let somebody else get into that space and you should be growing. That's why people complain about their jobs. I, I know cops that's making six-figure mm-hmm. salaries, but those are the ones who went on that beat for a few years, went through the process, started, became a sergeant, became a lieutenant, did all the stuff they needed to do and then moved out of the way for the next yeah. person. Same with the teachers. You know, go back and get your degree, move out of this class, go do, go get a master's, then go get a PhD, and you making your money. They're paying for it. Like, if you in the school system, they'll pay for you to go get your education. Right. So, like, the process is laid Forward out. Forward thinking. Forward thinking, forward thinking, move. How do we move the needle? I won't change the world in my lifetime, but I'll move the needle. And right now, and what I understand is I won't live forever, but the work that I do can. Yes. So how can I create work that will outlive me, that would actually be able to be um, an enhancement to somebody else's life? And that's what we have to do. You know, now I'm not working for diapers and milk anymore that's just that's mm-hmm. not where i'm at but i am working to build something that not just my children but your children and somebody else can can google and say well she did this and and it 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 outlived her and yeah. so we have to look at what are we doing are we doing are we running a sustainable it's one thing to have a thriving business but is it sustainable there's no way that I could have sustained entrepreneurship for 40 years if I didn't create sustainable work. I love it. That's amazing. Um, I, I have friends who I talk to all the time and I'm saying, listen, man, you can't be married to that thing if it's not working for you. I you get it. You, you got to let it go. Yeah. you like, the best thing you can do is know when to get rid of things. Like, it's not required things, but to get rid of things. I closed my performing arts center. I've always been one to keep my finger on the pulse of what's coming down the pipe. And I closed my center right in time because schools started bringing in dance and the arts into the schools. I mean, Richmond Northeast started a whole performing arts center there. And so why would someone pay me to bring their kid to my center when their kids can get dance and music and, and drama at the school for free? Yeah. So I knew that was happening and it was going to change. So I changed before it happened. You got to get in front of a trend. Like you would not sell, um, you know, we're not selling cassette tapes anymore, CDs, but 
you because you got to get in front of a trend by the time the masses know it you late you late <laughs> you, you late. are late by the time the masses doing it i've never been one to do what everybody else do i'm going to i'm going to go around and do the cut and you see me and you like where did she come from cuz i found another way it might not have been the only way might not have been the best way but another it was another way, way. Yep. There's another way. I love it. I mean, it's so funny. I just laugh because I, and, and we, I know, I don't know. I'm trying to get to that point where I have these conversations every day with people like yourself because we've spent so much time pouring and we need to be poured into, you know? Yeah. And I have a horror story. I have a horror story. Literally. I had a, I, I had a coach for a little over mm -hmm. a year. It was a woman, mm -hmm. um, you know, not from the area, um, but from up North and I was dumped by my coach. <laughs> I, 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 my, uh, my heart was so broken. And it wasn't because of anything I did. It was uh -huh. her, um, her new, I can't call boyfriend, um, man, a partner, said she don't, well, he don't want her serving um, men. Really? And my heart was so broken because I felt like I was making so many strides. And, uh -huh. you know, and um, we, we since spoke once. But it, like literally, I was so heartbroken, and yeah. so I needed to have that conversation on a regular basis. I mm -hmm. needed to have that conversation. So, speak to the importance of entrepreneurs being able to talk to other people on their level or at Ohio on a regular basis. Well, coaching is one of the most powerful vehicles for change and transformation. That I know, but it's got to be the right coach, and 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 your coach got to be okay with you exceeding them. I want my people to go further than me. I'm going to push them to go further than me. I, I mean, I'm. they would tell you, Angela would push them. But what you need to have that space, because I tell people, I'm a, I call myself a space holder. You hold a space for everybody else to shine, but who's holding that space for you? You have those days that I don't think I can do it anymore. Those days where Everything is resting on my shoulder. I feel like the burden bearer. If I don't do it, it then everybody else lose. Where do I go to dump? Because I can't dump on, on social media. I can't dump in front of my people because they hold me as this person. I got to have a place that I can just let my defenses down and share my wounds and have somebody to help me heal my wounds because you can't expose your wounds to everybody. Right. So I tell, so my tagline is your passion is helping them. My passion is helping you. Word. So I want to, who, who's holding the space for you? Me, I'm holding your space for you so that you can, so you can get your cup full because I teach my clients, you give to people out of your overflow. The full yeah. cup is for you. Yeah. And the empty cup serves no one. But how do you get the overflow? You need that person that's a space holder to show up. And I show up in people's lives when they're ready to make the shift. And so I'm there to tell you that you can do it. I'm there sometimes to put my foot up your butt and tell you you don't <laughs> do it. I'm there to corner you where you don't have a choice but to do it. I'm, I'm not going to let you play small. I'm going to let you stay there for a minute, get it stabilized, then go to the next level. That's where we mess up. We don't stabilize it before we go next. Yeah. You got to stabilize this thing 
Can it function without me? Does it have the systems and, and structures in place to run? If it's there, now it's time for me to go here. And we get the same thing. We can we start building and you build and build and look up and you've got these things. Um, I'm selling my fatherless daughter's network. I'm no longer going to do that anymore. Wow. I've always built my business in a way where I can piece it off. Yeah. I have another another part of my company. I'm selling that because and that's how you make money. You yeah. know, you you and you do projects. You can do projects outside of your niche. You know, I have people call and say, Angela, I'm working on this. You, you know, you want to be a part of this. And I look at it. Yeah, it's got nothing to do with what I do, but my skill sets can do it. And I'd rather have some slices of some pies than to have to run a whole pie by myself. It's, this has been fruitful for me. I mean, oh, my God, like just having this conversation is just everything. Because like I said, <clears throat> my, my coach, you guys are around the same age. And um, I was in my transition over here when it happened. Mm-hmm. Literally, oh, wow. like 30 days. I'm like, call, I ain't get no answer. And I'm like, what's going on? And I literally flew her down to South Carolina. Uh-huh. Um, I had a function in July 2021 for my nonprofit. Full house, everything, mm-hmm. and brought her down. Like, hey, introduce us to everybody to the to the city for the most part. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm I'm transitioning. And I'm like, oh, it's like, listen, I'm sorry, but you know, I told you I was dating somebody and can't do that. <laughs> That's the craziest thing I ever heard. <laughs> that hey, it was crazy to me too. I mean, I'm like, are you serious? I'm like, this is nuts, you know, like just like mm-hmm. that. And I mean, this is a woman of a certain age. So I'm like, did you ain't 21 years old? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never thought I would see that, but you know, it was just a thing. And um, so you know, I, I look forward to having this conversation. I am so excited um for what you're doing, and you are an inspiration for me. Um, you know, because it's it's hard to find authentic entrepreneurs nowadays in this climate, you know, because everybody's doing it, or everybody say that that's what they're doing. Everybody say they're doing it, <laughs> you know. Everybody- Say they doing it. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, okay, yeah, you quit your job, but you're not no entrepreneur. You know, it's a it's a thing. Like people are not willing to take that risk of everybody else get paid and they don't get paid, you know, because we all went through those processes. If yeah, you we actually did. went through it, it's, it's you know, it's like um it's par for the course. But nowadays it's like, oh, I don't work for somebody else, I work for myself, so I'm an entrepreneur. That's that doesn't make you that, you know. When you get paid. Um, speaking of getting paid, not to cut you off. Mm-hmm. When I tell my client, okay, three people get paid for every job you do. You get paid, your company get paid, and your retirement get paid. So three people got to get paid when you get, so you get paid, you and your your team get paid. Then your company gets paid because your com- you're trying to raise that value in your company. So it gets paid. And then you you're an entrepreneur. So you have to think about at, like at my age, you know, what is my income going to look like when I really sit down and I want to sit down because I want to sit down, not because I have to sit down. And so, and so again, we're looking, you know, like Bill and I, we're looking at 10 years ahead, you know, do we sell the house we're in downsizing? So we're at that point. And so you and if you haven't, paid attention to your retirement, you're going to one day wonder, well, am I going to be able to keep this lifestyle? If I'm just, if everything I'm making now, I'm using up, 
Yeah. And so that's why it's important that you raise your value in the marketplace, that you raise your value and people will pay you. If you're good at what you do, they will find a way. Yeah. I had a girl fly from New York. Her house was in foreclosure. She sold some stuff on eBay to come to Charlotte to a, a workshop that I was having so that she could get the information that she needed to get out of the situation she was in. People will find a way. They will find a way if it's something that they want to do. And how? What, what's her story now? Did she? Her is, story now is that she has several properties. She's um she owns her own business and she's thriving. Wow, that's thriving because um and and you know we gonna have some good days and we gonna have some bad days. That's mm -hmm. life. You gonna and 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 um but again, pain is inevitable, but suffering is a choice. Got that right. You got that. You don't right. have to allow it to make you suffer. I'm just so grateful for you and everything that you're doing in this conversation. Again, like I said, everything I'm be float, I'm gonna be floating on air over here. Yeah. Right you know, because I done got me a coaching session. Yeah. Well, definitely. You know, I'm I done got, got charged up. I'm charged <laughs> up so I can go back to these people and knock them out. Well, what you did was just to to pick up and move your family out west. I think um, I applaud you to do something. You know, I I think L.A. is my home. You know, I I love Me too. I love myself too. some L.A. and I almost moved out there. I almost oh, moved out there, and the company I was working with, I brokered a deal between Earth, Wind, and Fire and the Wu Tang, and we had put together a, a deal with them, and and I was out there helping with the project. And they wanted me to stay out there. The, the record label that was doing it wanted me to stay out there. They took me house hunting and everything. I really mm. was thinking about moving out there, but I love LA. There's a freedom there. There's yeah. um, there's um, so that's a good environment for you to be in. You yeah, know, and I think it took a lot of courage to do that. Yeah, I appreciate that because um. You know, that that would used to be something that used to bother me because I moved around a lot going through mm -hmm. my changes. And I spent the last 10 years in Colombia. Um, mm -hmm. And when I when it was time for me to make the move again, I was nervous because we've had a few moves that wasn't so smooth. Mm -hmm. But I was just trying to find my way, because as I told you, you know, I'm in church and I'm not. And I told people I, be, I was I was perfectly honest. I say, you know, the funny thing is. When y'all, I called him. I said, when y'all church people <laughs> told me to stop selling drugs and doing the things I've done, I like I didn't need y'all before I, for that. But when I did all of that and needed y'all, that's when I got talked about the most. That's when I went through the most hell. You know, I'm like, what, what is going yeah. on? And so when I divorced those certain people, things changed. And I said, okay, I never thought I would have the opportunity to move where I wanted to move again. So I'm so grateful yeah. that I did. And I was able to move comfortably. I mean, any mm -hmm. move is is stressful, you know, because I was back and forth. I was out here about eight months before my family was. So I would leave every two weeks and go back. And wow. um, it was it was a tough nut to crack because my daughter was graduating from eighth grade. So I wanted to move her right mm -hmm. soon. She's going to high school. But the kids are, you know, they came right into it real smooth and they're enjoying themselves and um it's it's yeah. been a great situation my daughter's in performing arts right now wow. and my son he's in private school but um 
they they're just loving it. You're playing basketball and singing and and having a good time. They met friends and they hosting there's friends. A liberty, at the house. there's a liberty there. That, yeah, that, that yeah. They're not gonna find, and especially in a red state, they're not gonna find it in a red state. I think moving them out there is one of the best gifts that you could have given them. I had a girl. Um, her family moved out there when she was about seven or eight. She's um, and they moved to California and. She was with my my center and um, she's an adult now. She's a choreographer. She did the um, Wakanda Forever. She did Coming to America. Wow. She does work and she, Debbie Allen trained her, took her up under her wings. And so she's a singer, actor and um, choreographer and dancer. And so she's come back. She came home to visit her grandmother and she wants me to manage her. You know, mm. she said, well, I want you to manage me. I said, you're getting work. You know, you're doing. So I'm thinking about, you know, becoming her yeah. manager. And, but, but yeah, she's out there and just blowing it. That was the best move her mother could have done for her. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's been great. I think it's, um, it's going to, you know, pay off for them. And I'm just excited. I was just, I, again, I'm so happy that I'm able to have that, that next chance. Cause I, I left yeah. um, Columbia and went to DC. You know, it worked out, but my in laws were there. And so, I was like, <laughs> All right. so we weren't good like that. And then, you know, went to Atlanta and that didn't work. Went, yeah. you know, like, it was just a lot of, you know, back and forth. So I was like, man, am I ever going to get that chance again? And so now I but got your it. courage, but your courage not to quit and your courage to keep doing it. You know, it's not, it don't always work the first two, three, four times. But the fact that you kept, I mean, you definitely are an entrepreneur. I mean, it's its in your blood. I mean, yeah. what you're saying, you are an entrepreneur. You, 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 you have the ability to have vision and you have the ability to take risk. Mm-hmm. And those are two things that must be, must yeah. you, you must have to have to be able to be successful. Oh, listen, I agree. You you preach because you said something. One thing I I tell people what happened for me in 10 years being in Columbia is like you said, I got my skill set where it was supposed Mm -hmm. to be before Mm -hmm. I was willing to just have the idea and the risk. But now Mm -hmm. it's the skill set is attached to that. And so nobody can't take that away from me before it was I couldn't put a hustle on a resume. I couldn't say I'm willing to hustle. I'm willing to take it. Now it's mm-hmm. like, yes, I am a certified coach. I am a certified mm-hmm. trainer. I am a certified facilitator. I've taken photos of some of the most greatest people in this country. I work with all the, like the resume is there. It matches right. everything that all of the fire, all of the risk taking, everything like that. So um, it just made sense to me. And it's like, yeah, you know, you're going in the right path. But there's mm-hmm. wanting other people to hear the same thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, the name of the show is Starve Talk. And mm-hmm. we came up with it because the the acronym is Stand Tall and Reclaim Victory Every Day. Wow, I like that. I like that. So I want you to tell everybody what that means to you when you hear that. To stand tall. And reclaim and victory reclaim every day. Every day. Um, understand that your, your history does not determine your legacy. Mm. That, But that your history, your story is a part of you creating your legacy. Legacy. You had to go through everything that you went through. You had to go to first and second base and back to first. You had to do all of that before you reach home. All of it is because your life, your your life's purpose is wrapped up in your encoded in your life story. 
And that is what you're going, that's what it's going to take you to your next level. Be the choice maker in your life. Be the choice maker. Don't live your life by everybody else's idea of what it's supposed to look like. Be the choice maker. Trust yourself to make the right choices. Surround yourself with the right people. When fish are sick, you don't treat the fish, you treat the water. Mm. And, and make sure that you're willing to take the next level leaps. Don't be afraid. You're either going to get the lesson or the blessing, but you're going to get something out of it. Wow. And just, you know, just do it, do it and do it different this time. Make a different choice. Make a choice that's going to take you to your next level and celebrate every win. Celebrate every stage. Celebrate. Don't be so hungry to go to the next level that you don't celebrate yeah. and enjoy and enjoy the journey. No. Oh my God. I, I look, you need a t-shirt that says that about the when the fish is sick, you treat the water. Oh my God, that doesn't it's the it's the you know the story of the koi fish. The koi fish, um, if you put it in a fish bowl, it'll go about an inch and a half, two inches. You take that same fish and put it in a pond, it's gonna go about a one and a half feet. You take that same fish and put it in a lake. It can go up, it'll grow up to about three feet. The same fish that only would do a, about two inches in a fishbowl had the potential to grow up to three feet. The difference was the environment that you placed the fish in. Yeah. Wow. You swimming in a good environment in LA, <laughs> You 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 swimming in an ocean. Yeah. There is nothing, there's no limit to what you can do. Yeah, I, I believe that a, a thousand percent. I, I'm so grateful for you, for, you know, for your example. Even though it was from a distance, we were still in the same area, but you know, it was never one of those names that came out with that was in any clicks or in any nonsense and stuff like that. And I, I love that. I love that. Oh my God, because you know, and no need, we're not we're not wasting that type of time, mm -hmm. but we we we, yeah. we, we yeah. came through a um a special individual place that has its own, you know, we love it. Cause you know, mm -hmm. our kids there, raised them there. They call it home. Uh, my daughter can't wait to go back and get some Zaxby's. She said, I want some Zaxby's. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, at the end of the day, I just knew, and I said that cause I remember doing my business in DC and it's like, whatever I put my mind to it worked with mm -hmm. no problem with ease. And you talking about that big area. Mm -hmm. I said, it was just so hard. And being a believer, I said, man, if it's something that's God, it don't be that hard. You know what I mean? You're going to have some, we're built to deal with some you know, difficult things, but you sh it shouldn't be like pulling teeth, everything that you're doing. And the funny thing is, as soon as I set up shop, I opened up my office space mm -hmm. and my neighbor said, hey, what do you do? Mm -hmm. And I explained to him what I do. He said, I would like to meet with you. Mm -hmm. Literally closed the deal in three days. Wow. See, the blessings of the door. Lord make it rich. And he adds no sorrow to it. Yeah. I said, hold no. up. I would have had to give you my, you know, my blood sample. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. all I did was sit with yeah. me for, you know, me and Tamika took a, a meeting with these brothers, mm -hmm. you know, and they was like, oh, yeah, great. Okay. How do I cut the check? Like, what? how do yeah. I pay you? They ready to do business because they understand business. Yeah. I, it, it blew my mind. I was like, well, you know what? That means I'm in the right place. So, you know, mm -hmm. I, I was good with that. I appreciate it because I, I told um Tom Ledbetter, mm -hmm. I told him recently, I said, listen, man, I was not improperly trained here. Mm -hmm. I got the real resources. Mm -hmm. And when I come in, I am capable. 
And I know mm -hmm. I got the training from where I was in South Carolina. Mm -hmm. You know, it just wasn't ready for me to sell what I needed to sell there at the level I needed to. But the training is excellent. We both are coming out of the same situation and we know what we know. You know, we mm -hmm. just got to be willing to go and take it to the rest of the world. I'm so proud of you. Proud Thank of you. You know, you. you're doing it. You 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 make us proud to speak your name. And, you know, your story is going to um, enhance so many people. I can't wait until you take that story and put it on film. Oh, wow. Well, see, we had that conversation after because everybody said that to me. To, you got to take that story and put it on film. Everybody said it's that to me. It's got to be told. And it's got to be told to every young black boy that ever was told that he couldn't. Wow. Yeah, it's we got to gotta, we gotta have that conversation. That, that happened. And they all got to be rock, walk, rocking that gear. I won't start. Yes. So people can say, well, what are you? You got to start. I won't starve revolution. Yes. <laughs> I received that. Got that. To start that movement. The, the, your own song. The own dance, the own, the own, um, the own creed, their own when they, and when they talk, they they can have on the gear and then turn around and they got on the suit and they can still just I can see it. I can yeah. see it. Yeah, it's 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 coming. I you know, again, this is what what almost 10 years now, 2014. Yeah, it's time. When I left my job, I told everybody I won't starve. And I started putting on social media. And I was really upset when I said it. I just was like, hey, because everybody was saying, hey, you you know, you need to have a job. You know, you and your wife went through all this. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, what? I'm not going to be bitter. I'm just going to tell you, I won't starve. I won't starve. And it's been a blessing ever since. Uh, people stop me wherever I'm walking now. Like I say, Columbia, they look at me crazy. Uh -huh. I got a different place. They're like, what's that? Oh man, that's great. That's great. Oh my God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it just, it, it needed to be that. And oh, yeah, that, that's gotta be a household um, phrase. It's gotta be, gotta be a household phrase. You gotta take that. You trademark the hashtag. I won't starve. Oh, yeah. You, you did everything. Yeah. So we'll make it. sure we send you some merchandise. Yes. Yeah, send so me some. Have it. Rock that. Oh, yeah. That, that's, I, I mean, I can see it. But we, we got to tell your story and have your premiere, your movie premiere, put that movie in some of these um these film festivals and get you out there. Man. About to have me start jumping around in here. <laughs> See, listen, y'all, when you get the right person on the show, we have an amazing. I did, didn't I tell y'all in the beginning it's going to be an amazing show because I don't <laughs> want to talk to nobody that's not amazing. <laughs> and I don't want to talk to phony baloney people. What I mean by that is not just regular phony people, but just people that are always with all the fluff. Like we have attainable individuals here, not just lottery tickets. What she's talking about is things that we all can attain if we're willing to put the work and the time and the effort. Get a coach, you know, somebody to pour into you all the time so that you can go ahead and grow and glow the way you're supposed to, the way God intended you to. So that's what the type of people that I want on Star of Talk, people that understand the acronym, standing tall, reclaim victory every day because we know every day is a fight. This is, you know, we wake up, we're, we're battle testing. We're ready for the battle every day. We don't know. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's hard, but it will be a battle. We can count on that. And I want you to hear from those individuals. I want you to know that it's not just a lottery ticket. Oh, I woke up with $100 an hour, $150 million in. That don't happen every day. That don't happen every year. <laughs> you know, that don't happen every 10 years. So the truth of the matter is, is people just like the people you see right here, right now, that's working, sacrificing. They have bumps and bruises. They got scars. 
and they they won. You have our own success. Her success is not my success, but we figured out what success looked like to us, and we're happy, and we're making our kids happy for the right reasons, and that's just not for us, but it's for different generations because the things we are doing are transformational, not just for us, but for other people. You know how we do here. So we want to know, Angela, where can everybody find you at? Tell me your social media, your website, everything like that. Oh, on social media is um, Awaken Your Life with Angela Carr Patterson. That's on Facebook. Angela Carr Patterson is my website. AngelaCarrPatterson.com is my website. So I'm on um, LinkedIn, um, Facebook, and trying to play with Instagram. And I'm on YouTube. I, I, I think I'm coming off of Instagram, but you, you can find my videos on YouTube. But just anywhere, um, those are the social medias that I'm on. Yeah, I think I, I understand it. I understand it. It's not that's definitely not for everybody. I'm even it's running not. away from stuff. Um, love LinkedIn. You know, it's definitely when you want to yeah, get LinkedIn down the business and get right good. to the people. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. serious folks. That's where you want to go. So. But mm -hmm. if you are watching now, you'll see that stuff come across the page so that you can go ahead and link in with her, you know, no pun intended. <laughs> yeah. Um, and make, you know, make that connection or just at least follow her, go on YouTube, get some of the information. Um, because as you can see, I've been blessed. I'm sure if you're listening and watching, you've been blessed by the words that she said and she spoke. And I needed it. I, you know, mm -hmm. I love to get poured into because you know, we us pourers. You got to make sure we stay, keep that cup to where we can continue to fill up everybody else's. So thank you so much for giving us some time today. And we will be talking soon. I promise you about that. Uh, when you said something about that move, I'm sitting there like, I, I can't yeah. even count on my we got, hand. We got to get the guy to tell a story. And I, I receive it. I, I wrote four books in that same conference at TD Jakes in 2014. A lady literally touched me because I was crying like a big fat baby. Mm -hmm. And she said, you're going to write a book. Mm. And I did not believe it. Now I have four and I never yeah. want to stop writing. And that's something. Yeah. She said that at that conference, because he said, he said, your instinct is telling you that you're not supposed to be where you are. You're way better than that. Yeah. And I was literally working for $8 an hour. Wow. wow. And I, I left my job a couple months later and mm. um, I never went back. So for me, it was an amazing transformation. So when somebody speak, I'm listening now, you know, because I, I did not believe that at all. But once I got the first one out, I'm so I'm like, look, this is it. This is my medium. And I, I'm always writing. I never it'll outlive you. It'll be here long after you're gone. And and that those words of wisdom will continue to carry on. You do what you're doing so that it's going to outlive you. And that, that that's that's awesome. My baby got so two proud books. Proud of now. you. So proud of you. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. Proud of Thank you, you so and your much. family. That's Thank that's you so just much. so awesome. So awesome. Yeah, we, we this is what we're doing. 